It's a creativatorium. <laughs> With your host, Sam Prince. That's me. Well, we talk everything acting. One of my favorite passion topics. And everything else in between. With very special guests, we talk film, theater, modeling, screenwriting, directing, design, behind the scenes, and so much more. So let's get crack a lackin' and see what we have in store this week. And action! Here again, I'm here to tell you about the great show that will premiere Friday, April 28th and Saturday, April 29th. It's called the Dreamscape Comedy and Drama Series. It will be a monthly series based on Samber Productions' 2022 Halloween hit show, Dreamscape. The very interesting characters from the show, as well as some new ones, will act out skits and scenes from our, from in front of live audiences. It will be a mystery that you have to see every month to figure out. In addition, there will be a spoken word and rap contest for a cash prize. There will be two shows each night, starting at 7 and 8.30 p.m. We will also stream the 7 p.m. Friday show for anyone in the world to watch. Tickets are just $20, and more information could be found on our website, www.samber.productions. Outside food and beverages allowed. 18 and older, please. Don't miss this unique live performance. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Creativatorium. My name is Sam Prince, and I, wow, this is a special edition today because I have a very talented and famous actor that has graced me with his Zoom presence today. <laughs> and his name is Douglas Vermeeren. How are you, sir? Doing great, thanks for having me. Good to be with you. Yes, yes, I'm honored, man. I, I Like I was telling you before we got on, I'm a little starstruck because, you know, I've. I have had some famous people on my podcast, but you are definitely at the top of the list. Well, that's kind of you. We'll have some fun today. This will be good. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So, man, I, there's so much I want to talk about, but let's let's introduce my audience to you and, and tell us where you got started, where you're from, and what you brought what brought you all the way up to your career today. Wow, that's quite quite a long journey to describe. I guess um, uh, we'll try and keep it simple. So no kidding, my very first time on TV, I was on a kid's show in the audience. I was five years old. And um, by the time I was seven, I had an agent and I was uh, starting to do shows. Um, I'm from Canada originally. So the first show that I actually did uh, was for CBC in Canada. It was an after-school special. I played a newspaper boy. <laughs> the show was called Mildred McFall. I have no idea what it's about. I've never seen it <laughs> a long time ago. Um, but no kidding, all through school, I used to skip school to go be on movie sets whenever I could. And I would do anything I could. Everything from, you know, background, what they used to call an extra, to whatever I could do. And um, no kidding, I even dabbled in stunt work. So when I was 13, I did one of the first stunts that I ever did. And that was riding on the outside of a car that... Uh, 
it was going pretty fast. <laughs> so it was pretty <laughs> as a 13 year old, we don't know we're not indestructible. So you'll do anything. Right. But right. I continued all, all through school. And um, then when I got into college age and stuff, I started doing bigger films and I actually did study acting, screenwriting, film production and things through my college and a little bit of university years. But I will be honest, I actually didn't graduate high school and I didn't finish college or university. I challenged the exams every time I went. And then uh, I just ended up, you know, doing more in movies than school would afford. So I, I still actually haven't even got a degree. But um, I've gone back and I've done all kinds of things in school here and there, just what I wanted to study. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've been doing it ever since. I've been really lucky. And, and uh, especially now that COVID is done, uh, I've been busier than ever doing films. And uh, it's just, it's been a busy time. And I've not only acted, but I also produce and direct. So I've done four of the top personal development documentaries. And then I've produced and directed a few other films. But most of the time I'm acting. And uh, not, not even doing as much stunt work anymore, but uh, I still do it when the opportunity comes because. Yeah. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. So that, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Wow. Wow. So where about, where part of Canada are you from? I'm originally from Calgary, Alberta, but I kind okay. of between multiple locations now. So I've done movies all over the world. In fact, uh, I was even in China for a year. I co-hosted a TV show in China for China TV. I did a variety of things for the Chinese tourism board. Like, so if you went to the Great Wall of China and you put in the audio and that voice that would come on, that's me. Welcome to the Great Wall of China, right? Like, so that's me. Um, but I also, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but, but I do movies everywhere. So I'm, I'm kind of between Canada, Los Angeles and London, UK. So I kind of travel really between those, but okay. uh, I've done movies all over Europe and all over Asia. Wow, that is so cool. That's so cool, especially that you've been doing it from such a young age, you know? Well, it, it's definitely fun. And I'll be honest, I mean, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but I, I'm not sure that I really know how to do anything else. <laughs> right? So um, I don't know. I'd be lost without it. And uh, I just it, it fulfills me. Right. Like it's it, how do we say it? It, it? it really isn't just the money. Like, I mean, we always love to get paid as an actor. And, you know, despite what most people think, I mean, you can make a pretty good living, but the reality is, is I do it because I just, I love the art of film, of motion, yeah. cinema. I always have. In fact, I have to thank really, um, you know, probably some of my teachers when I was doing the college courses, I did a course called film analysis. And as part of that course, they had us watch a hundred films in one semester. And of course, there were a lot of films in there that I'd seen. For example, they had Close Encounters and Raiders of the Lost Ark and the original Star Wars and Jaws and all of these shows that we've seen. But there were so many that I never knew about and a lot of older cinema, older black and white, right? Things that I'd never seen. And, and we really delved into, you know, the works of Alfred Hitchcock and, you know, as a director. And then even some of the early works of people that we know, like Marlon Brando and Cary Grant and, you know, Gene Kelly and all, all these kind of people. And it was just... It was fascinating to me. In fact, even going back into the, the older films, Charlie Chaplin and Harold Lloyd, who most people don't even know who he is, or, you know, Buster Keaton and these guys, just fascinating how film has, has really shaped our, our world. Yeah. And uh, especially even foreign films, the, you know, in North America, we're very, I should say, we're kind of film illiterate, right? We don't really know a lot of the cinema of the world, but there's some amazing stuff out there. So 
I have to yeah. confess, uh, although I'm an actor, I'm totally a moviegoer first and foremost. And yeah. I feel privileged being invited to be part of that legacy of film, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I just love it. I love it. Yeah. That's so great. That's so great. And, you know, to, to be able to do what you love, you know, there's nothing better. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm nowhere near where you are, but I, I just love doing podcasts like this. I love doing theater. You know, I do some acting too. And, you know, I, I, I wish I was at your point where I, it was a career for me, but whenever I get a chance, it's just, it, it's indescribable. But, you but know? You, know what, you know, what's interesting when you say that though, I think also one thing that maybe we sometimes like, cause again, what you're doing with podcasts, I can see that, that this is, powerful for you this is something you love to do but i think the thing that we also sometimes forget is the joy that we're bringing to others and i know that there's got to be people that are enjoying you know when you have guests on that are very close to them or special to them and you know you're able to ask these questions on their behalf and i mean i think sometimes like i know me as an actor sometimes i, I get my head stuck in it and i forget that there's really like i'm bringing something for other people too right yeah. So, um, yeah. I just encourage you, don't forget that as a podcaster, because again, you have a love for it, but there's people also that love what you love. And they also right. love the fact that you love it because you make it fun for them. And right. So don't right. neglect that part and, and totally own that because the thing yeah. is, like, that's why we do what we do, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for saying that for sure. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about. What you're doing now? Oh my god! Um, because <laughs> um, uh, the one movie and it, it's how to be a hitman 101. Yeah, well, that, that's probably the the biggest one that we've got coming up. But you know, it, it might be interesting for your listeners to kind of hear a little bit about the context of of why things are the way they are in movies right now. Yeah. So obviously, with with COVID. Uh, all the cinemas kind of were closed on us. We couldn't go anywhere. We were all locked down. And at right. that time, no kidding, everybody just had the streaming services to watch. And even a lot of people at home, they built better home theaters because they knew they were going to be home, right? Right. So we've seen a very slow recovery to the cinemas. Like less people are, like the, the theaters are still partly empty. Or in fact, even mostly yeah. empty. I went and saw yeah. uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp the other day and it was me and two other people in the theater, right? Wow. And saw Top Gun there was maybe a dozen people in the theater and I saw it opening day right wow. so I mean it's just the theaters have not recovered and I hope they come back but yeah. what's kind of happened because of that shift of people going to the streaming services the streaming services right now really need content because the challenge is that when we've all been at home we've pretty much watched most of the stuff that's new and, right. and so these guys right. are looking for new stuff all the time so ever since kind of I guess we could call the end of 2020 which was our big covid year 2021 yeah. and kind of mostly 2022 and 2023 really they like the companies that have been producing films that i've been working with and and the producers that i know and and everyone in the business they're like crazy making movies right now more movies wow. than ever before so to give you an analogy on that or an example of that in my life i've probably including some of the non-credited stuff that i've done and stunt work and everything else I've maybe done 50 movies, okay? So I've been in about 50 different movies. Wow. If you look at my IMDb, over the last two years, there's been another at least 15 movies added in two years. 15 wow. Movies. 
And so wow. in IMDb, I think that there's like nine that are in production right now. There's about five of them that have come out and there's a bunch that are still coming out. So it's, it's just, again, wow. if someone's listening and they want to be involved in the movie industry, whether they want to be a writer or a director or, you know, whatever other position in the crew, or if you want to be an actor, there's never been a better time in the history of the world than now. It's absolutely wow. phenomenal because the, first of all, it's a perfect storm. You've got people looking for the content, right? You've got people ready to pay for the content, but you've also got all the equipment to make the content. And there's even right. film festivals that are running based on your cell phones. If you want to create a film on your phone, there's film festivals that are ready to screen those kinds of things. And heaven knows even YouTube, you can become a celebrity and a star by even creating films on your phone on YouTube. And there's lots of people doing it. So there's really no excuse if you want to become a filmmaker, you can get out there and do it. Now, you're asking about what I'm doing lately. Well, goodness sakes, um, I'm going to try and list some of the projects, but I know I'm going to forget something. There's so many that are going on right now. Yeah. Um, just this week, I got scripts on two more. I got the scripts on uh, one called The Lurker, which is a scary movie. And I play a police officer in it that's going to be um, trying to hunt down the killer. I'm in another one called Side Quest, where it's kind of, I don't know if you know anything about LARPing, like live action role playing and that kind of stuff. Have you heard about that? Live, live action role playing. Yeah, it's where people dress up in their knights and shining armor suits. And oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crap out of each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of <laughs> what it's about. But I play okay. a king in that. I'm okay. also doing a show called A Bolt with Her Name on it. I showed you that earlier. This is being shot in the Philippines this summer, uh, where I'm kind of a bounty hunter slash kind of, uh, I guess you'd say secret agent kind of. Think of The Saint. Remember that old Roger Moore stuff? But on steroids, like John Wick meets The Saint, right? So I okay. play that guy in that. Um, okay. We also have an uh, alien conspiracy TV show that I'm doing that we've signed for 13 episodes. It's called Operation Majestic, where I play a cop in that. Funny enough, um, I've got the jacket or the, the shirt. Funny enough, I'll just show everybody a little behind the scenes. If I can get it off, it's all like wrapped in things here. I've got the shirt <laughs> for that police officer oh, yeah. on, a, on a rack <laughs> by me. So I'm shooting that up in Canada, Operation Majestic. Uh, I'm doing a second film for Chris Sanders this year. Chris Sanders is a producer in the United Kingdom. I just finished a scary movie called Bring Me a Skid for Dancing with him in January. I'm coming back there in May to do another one called Big Cats for him. And that's a scary movie as well. And we've got, um, oh man, I got to be careful because I can't remember her name. She's, uh, I'm going to skip that. I'll skip it. You got to look right. at the credits. Anyways, the, yeah. the actresses have done some pretty big things. There's another producer there that we're working with as well that we've just signed a deal um, where they're doing some shows with Dean Kane and I'm in one of those with him and that's a kind of a World War II drama thingy. Um, and then I've got, um, I told you I'm going to miss some for sure. I've got another scary movie called The Seance. Actually, The Seance is to me a really interesting movie where um, you, we've all seen scary movies that kind of make us get the heebie-jeebies and you know, we hear, think we hear sounds and all that kind of stuff. We get a little freaked out. Well, here yeah. they've actually brought in the mentalist, Banachek, who you might know has a show in Las Vegas. He's one of the top mind reader yeah. guys, mental guys in the world. Yeah. Uh, done tons of work with Chris Angel and Penn and & Teller and David Copperfield. Anyways, this is the first movie that they're intentionally building illusions into it. So when you come in, the things that we share in the film are going to scare the crap out of you. And he's designing that so that it's going to lead you mentally down a pathway that 
you're being fooled, but you don't really know you're being fooled. Into oh, my. Yeah, so it's the first time I've ever heard of a movie like that. So I play a guy named Doyle in the seance, and it's just a really neat thing. So the character Doyle and his sister come into the seance to find out where his mother, who's deceased, where she hid this money. And it's yeah. all kinds of weird Ouija boardy kind of hocus pocus going on that says people doing thinking weird stuff. And then um, the big one that you mentioned, which we're just about to um, to finish, I'll be finished in the first week of April. I'm super excited about this it's called How to Be a Hitman 101. I showed you this picture before we went on, but I'll show it for your listeners. So that's me in How to Be a Hitman 101. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a really neat, neat story. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but um, we're actually having a lot of controversy with it because a lot of people are looking at, um, you know, hit, how to be a Hitman 101. And, and there's a comic book out about it. There's a training manual that's going out in all the comic book stores. And there's all kinds of different, you know, paraphernalia that's up there. And they're saying that we're kind of targeting a younger generation and that it's super ultra violent. So they're saying, along with things like Grand Theft Auto or Call of Duty and all of these things that are super violent video games, um, a lot of yeah. parent groups are already trying to shut the movie mm -hmm. down because they say that this movie shouldn't be shown or marketed to that younger demographic and encouraging them to be a hitman. Well, they haven't really seen the movie yet or they understand that's not what we're doing. Right, right. right. So, the reality is, is we are presenting a humanistic side of, of the hitman and I don't want to give away too much, but my character, uh, whose name is Samuel Finch, tell you the truth, he actually wants to stop being a hitman. He would rather actually do something else. And I won't give it away what it is he'd rather be doing. But okay. when you see the movie, you'll see that this idea of being a hitman actually does take its toll on people. And it's not as glamorous as hollywood often makes it although like let's be honest i look pretty cool in that shot yeah right? yeah but yeah, but the reality yeah. is, is that's sort of the outside looking in once you're in that i think it's with everything in life the grass is always greener on the other side right right and so we see <laughs> right. that element kind of float in on this show that you know although being a hitman looks really cool and you know you're suave and you got all the gun <clears throat> power and all these kind of things but it's not how it appears. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so we kind of unfold a lot of that. And it, it's very interesting. It's also got some very comical parts in it, which you wouldn't think in a Hitman movie that it would make you giggle. But <laughs> right. But lots wow. of fun. Lots of fun. Wow. Man, that was a long list of stuff yeah. that you're doing. <laughs> and I've even missed stuff. I'm sure I've missed stuff. Wow. That is so cool, man. That's so cool. So do you have an idea when uh, how to become a Hitman 101 is coming out? When we'll yeah, see they've, it? they've told us the tentative release date is late summer, early fall of 2023. So still this year. Okay. And from what I understand, there will be a series of limited premieres that people can actually attend and see. So okay. those premieres, some of them I will be in attendance and uh, some of the other actors and crew members and so forth so that we will be doing q a's we're also partnering with a lot of the different comic conventions or fan expos and they will show it there as well and i will also be attending those ones which will be really fun and sure. um, then it will go to some of the streaming services and i'm not sure who they've got the deal with um but there's a couple okay. people i know they've been talking to for sure okay cool i can't wait yeah it'll be fun yeah yeah and it's so interesting that you talked about you know, the industry and how it's changing and evolving because 
um, I, I'm finding myself buying more movies from home than I ever have. Of course. It's, it's crazy. We just, we just bought Creed three last weekend, you know, and you know, they're, they're not cheap, but you know, it's convenient. I'm on my couch. Yeah. Well, you know? that's what I keep hearing from people too. They, they love the idea that they can pause the movie, go cook something to eat. They come back, start it up. They don't have somebody kicking their chair or talking on their phone. <laughs> right. Whatever it is. And if they like something, they can rewind it and watch it again. Right. right. They like the movie right. well enough. They've got it as part of their collection forever. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So just a quick question, you know, do you, is we talked about how the movie theaters are, are struggling. Um, but is it, is the streaming helping to, 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 to monetize and support Hollywood and, and movies? Oh, I, mean, I, I think so. I think actually the streaming services have even made it easier for smaller filmmakers and independent filmmakers to compete. Because when it used to be where we we're competing for the screens, you got to remember right. people to come and see the movie. It was the marketing. And right. to do a, a big marketing campaign, whether it's, you know, TV or radio or internet or, you know, bus posters or billboards, or all, that's millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And so the theaters generally wouldn't take a chance on movies that nobody's really heard of or don't have the marketing budget. So often those would find their way to either, you know, back in the day, DVD or video. Right. Release. Right. And even then you wouldn't know the movie unless you were in the video store and you happen to run across a case that was somewhat appealing to you. Right. Right. So now with the streaming services, they are taking chances now on these people and even Amazon prime, anyone can put their movie up. And so I think it's kind of leveled the playing field. Uh, obviously, I think still, you know, movies that have star power in them do do better because right. these old names and faces and the quality is there. So I, right. I, that's definitely important. But there's also a lot of films that wouldn't normally get made. Like, it's interesting. I was talking with someone yesterday on a podcast I was on and they were talking about this idea that a lot of movies are very formulaic. So if you're going to get a superhero movie, you know kind of how it's going to play out and there's always that big battle at the end and that's kind of all that's the genre that superheroes are you got to tick all those boxes and that's how it's always going to go and he right. said why isn't it that we're not doing all kinds of unique new ideas that hollywood just seems to go back to the same ideas well it's because they did try those unique ideas and if you look at the history of cinema those ones just didn't make money so it's right. that told them we don't really want to see those movies but the difference right. with the streaming services is we can still now tell those stories because the people that gravitate to those will find them. And we don't have to have these big marketing campaigns to take a chance on in order to create a, a smaller film. We can create a smaller film and, and it will do very well on the streaming services or iTunes or wherever. So I yeah. think the, the wonderful thing about kind of the, the dynamic that's happening now is um, there's really no wrong answers, whereas in there kind of used to be. And there's right. a small group of people that could control what gets greenlit to be made and what doesn't. Well, now, you know, you go make, like I said, you go make a movie if you want, put it on YouTube. There's nobody's going to tell you you can't. And right. I think that's a great time right now. And, and same thing with the other services. Like, I mean, I don't know you can, you can create a movie for a lot less than what, you know, Hollywood is doing and still have viewership. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It really is. It just—it just—it just amazes me how we we've evolved to to where we are now. 
Well, yeah. I'm going to see what happens next. Right, right. It's only going to get better. And the other thing that I, I've noticed that was interesting, so um, I've had a chance to chat with some people at, at very high levels in the streaming services, right? The ones that are in the acquisitions of these films. And they're a little bit worried because there's so many services cropping up. Like, obviously, we started with Netflix, then there's Disney+, Plus, then there's Paramount+, Plus, uh, and then there's all these other ones coming on. And each country sort of has its own, too. So there's, you know, uh, another one in Canada called Crave TV that just started up and all these. And so they're being very competitive with each other right now. But what that means, mm -hmm. uh, and, and even for horror movies, there's Shudder, every, like specific genres, too. I, mm -hmm. I do you'll see one that comes out for sci-fi, for example, if somebody hasn't mm -hmm. already done it all sci-fi mm -hmm. like the, the space channel that used to be on right they'll mm -hmm. do their version of that and i'm yeah. excited for that because again what it means is just more content platforms that filmmakers can can get material out and that just allows for much more creativity in the entire marketplace because yeah. of the game to rise when you've got everyone being creative well everyone has to start thinking outside the box right yeah right. and i love it i love it. it makes for better stories better everything yeah yeah Fabulous, fabulous. Well, uh, what I'd like to do, Douglas, is I'd like to kind of give some advice to aspiring actors that want to get to where you are. Um, is there anything off the top of your head that, that you can say, hey, this is some, this is what you need to do, some, some good um, tips? Well, there, there, there's a lot of things that have been told to me by other mentors and friends that I have in the business. And um, again, I can only speak from my own experience, but I think one of the first things that was told to me is remember that it's show business, right? Because most mm -hmm. people forget the business part and they go out and, and it's definitely important. Develop your skills, get very talented. You got to have that, but that's taken for granted as an actor. You're already training yourself and you're dedicating yourself to your craft to getting better at it. But most actors never ever think of the business side of things, or they don't spend enough time thinking about the business side of things. And so they don't mm -hmm. understand, especially in this world that we live in, how to kind of market yourself and make yourself relevant and to make yourself somebody that people would hire. And you got to remember mm -hmm. that hiring you oftentimes isn't a matter of talent. It's a business decision. Although we all think that we go into an audition and we're trying to win that person over because of our talent. Well, the reality, that, that is a big part of it, but it's not the only part of it. And so mm -hmm. I think to understand to how to navigate that business part. The other thing that I think is really important is um, uh, learning how to build and maintain high-level relationships with people. Because mm -hmm. most often, you know, in the business of film, but I think every business, they say it's not what you know, but who you know. And I'm going to suggest, I think that that's very true. I think mm -hmm. a big part of it. And I know a lot of times that I'll get a phone call, like, no kidding, today I got a message from um, one of my friends who's a casting director on a TV show here, and, and she basically said, can you come out and do a couple lines for us quick? We're in a bit of a pinch. Well, she called the guy she knows. That's what happened. Yeah. She yeah. didn't call my agent. She called me directly. Right. And, so, <laughs> I, think, and I think it's kind of funny. So. And, and no kidding. And my agent's cool with it. We get her dialed in the loop really quick and then it, it happens. But they ask me first. They call me directly. I was just yeah. on the phone with another friend of mine who's in New York. He's originally from the UK and he's the director of a show that's happening in, in New York City right now. And he says, uh, what are you doing this week? Well, on Friday, I'll be, you know, doing the awards ceremony in L.A. all weekend. You know, it's Academy Awards this weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'll be in L.A. But he says, can you fly out to New York on Tuesday? 
because I'd love to have you involved in our show. And he's the director. So, you know, I mean, having friends that can kind of help open doors is a big thing. So I'm going to yeah. suggest that one of the ways to nurture those is attend lots of acting classes. You'll make lots of friends. They're actors today or starting actors, but tomorrow you never know where they're going to be, right? Right. Go right. To film school because today those guys, they're students. Tomorrow you never know where they're going to be. And right. I'll say yes, if you're just starting out the business, say yes to do student films and help people and volunteer. And in your community, there might be an independent film society or something. Join it. Become active right. in those communities. People will see your face and remember who you are and they'll remember who helped them. And they'll mm -hmm. come back and hire you later. I'm also going to suggest try to go to as many events uh, that other film people are going to be at. Like even as I go to back to L.A. this weekend to do the award ceremonies, I'm not just going to cheer for my friends, although I am. I'm excited. And I've been nominated for something, too, at one of the award uh, events. So I'm going there for that. But really, the real reason I'm going is to meet new people, to network and to make those connections so that, you know, people that that i've wanted to work with or want to meet that i'm on their radar and they're on mine and together yeah. because film is a collaboration like i don't care what kind of actor you are you can't run the camera the lights the sound of the hair and makeup and everything all in this you're part of a team and the only way you can be selected to be part of a team is if you find teammates that you guys connect and people mm -hmm. cast those who they like most of all so i i, I think that's the Probably the biggest advice is, is learn how to be also agreeable. Right? We yeah. always have the horror stories of, of nightmares on set with certain actors, but I'm, there's much, there's always much more to it than that, right? Yeah. So, you know, people catch people at their worst moments, but the truth is even those that have these big meltdowns, they're very likable, charismatic people when you get them under normal conditions. So be likable, <laughs> right? Yes. Be easy to work yes. with. Yes. Boy, fantastic. That was so well said, all that. It's just awesome stuff. Hopefully helpful. You know? <laughs> Hopefully helpful. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, you, you you seem like a very humble guy, so you're going to the Academy Awards. Yeah, so kind of just to, to share and, and qualify how that goes, just so everybody understands. So the Academy Awards, we only see a small part of it on television, right? And right. in fact, at the time the Academy Awards are going, there's all kinds of award parties and other kinds of award things that are going on. So I'm not going to be at the televised one. In fact, um, most people can't even get tickets to that, even if you are a big actor. It's very hard to get tickets, right? Wow. But there are some different events that are going on. So I'm attending an Academy Awards party that's also handing out awards at the Universal Studios Hilton. That's happening. They've got the red carpet there. There's all kinds of big names there. Um, but that's where I'll be. And I've been nominated for an award not by the Academy, but again, there's another award ceremony there that's for independent filmmakers. And for a lot of the features that I've done, I've been nominated for an award for acting in a feature film, but independent films. Right. And so, right. yeah, so it, it's cool. I'm not discounting that. Awesome. I'm totally honored that they thought of me. But just yeah. to put it in context, this is the week that there's like, if you're in LA, there's parties everywhere. I'm just saying. <laughs> like it's it's a, everybody because. People are coming from all over the world for the Academy Awards too. Sure. Like the, the Cannes Film Festival in France, right? Same thing. That whole town is on fire the whole time the film festival is there, right? Same thing right. like in Toronto, the Toronto Independent Film Festival. The town is on fire. And so yeah. that's this weekend in LA. So if you're around, just like be careful. It's going to be a party town. <laughs> you're going to have a good time. 
Yeah, that is so great. And I, I hope you win, man. I, I really do. I'll see. Even if I don't, the reality is, is and, and I'm, I'm honest enough with myself to know there are a lot of talented people. And um, the other thing that, that's important to remember about film is that my performance, as it's captured in front of the camera, goes through so many hands before it winds up on screen. So even sure. if I win or if I lose, it, I can't take the blame or, or the congratulations either way. Because I've had a lot of people who've either helped me to succeed or to help me to miss the mark. And so, honestly, I'm honored to even be considered the fact that some of these people know my name, that they'd even throw my name in the hat. Like, that's a big wow. But I don't know. I'm not really counting on anything, but it, it sure would be fun one of these days to, it's kind of funny, because even on my desk, you know, I've got my little friend here. <laughs> one day, you never know. But by the way, I feel like they're far bigger than this. <laughs> um, I've got lots of friends that have won them and I've, I've held that baby a few times, but the reality is, is, you know, I mean, it, it's wonderful to have your work recognized, certainly, yeah. even, but that's not really even why I do it. I mean, I'll take the awards. I'll say yes every time that they want to recognize my work, but I get a lot of fulfillment just from being able to be part of it. Right? Yes. Right. 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 Very cool, man. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, yeah. I, I'm with you. Ed. If, if I win, I'll come back on your show and I'll bring that award. <laughs> All right. Yes, please, please, please. Um, very cool, man. I, I, that's just so cool that that you're going. And you know, I mean, I don't, I don't meet people that go to the Academy Awards every day. Well, it's it, it's you know, it's an honor to be invited, like to any of those award shows, and. You know, the, the other thing that's kind of neat is I've been to award shows where I, I've had nothing to do with me. So, for example, I was invited to the Juno Awards in Canada, which is like yeah. the Grammys. Sure. I was mm -hmm. invited to uh, one of the Country Music Awards. And, and I don't know country music very well. Like, I, I enjoy it, but I, I just don't know it well enough. And it's very fun to also see um, the victory of other people. I really enjoy that and being part yeah. of that especially in an atmosphere where I don't have any pressure that I like at the music stuff, nobody expects me to like do anything. Right. So yeah, <laughs> you kind right. Of hide under the radar and just be there. But it, it's a fun atmosphere to be part of those events where you see creative people celebrating their creativity. And yeah. so I'm, I'm just excited to be part of that. It's going to be a fun weekend. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun, man. Have fun. Well, cool. So, uh, like I was telling you before we started, I, I like playing this game with my guests where, you know, they'll give me like four or eight of their favorite actors and we kind of put them up against each other in like a little bracket and they we get to see who's their favorite. But in your case, I would just like to talk about some of your friends and famous actors that you've worked with. Um, and I mean, just to list some, you know, Kevin Costner, right? Robert Duvall, Annette Bening, Tom Selleck, Tom Sizemore. I mean, these are all great actors that you've worked with. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny that even as you mentioned some of those names, I often, oh, yeah, wait, I did work with him. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. Um, you know, I, I've had some really good experiences. In fact, um, the one that we talked about just before that kind of comes to mind was Tom Sizemore because he yeah. just passed last week. Right. And right. so I did a movie with him in Greensboro, North Carolina. It was very interesting. 
because um, it was kind of, um, uh, I guess you could say the film was very similar to My Big Fat Greek Wedding. You've, you've heard of that show yeah, before. Yeah. What it was is now the Italian version of that. So kind of part of the story along the way is that um, the FBI and the police and everything bust this Italian family, uh, their 4th of July event, like their big family get together thing or whatever. Okay. I happened to be one of the leading arresting officers. And it was really funny. So there were two kids that I busted. One of them was, I think, five. And then the other was like eight. So like we hauled in everybody, the whole family into jail, right? Like all the <laughs> grandma, the kids, everybody. And I'll never forget that one of the kids, one of their lines is I, uh, I basically said to him, um, you got to tell me, uh, what were you guys doing? What were you guys doing? And he says, none I'm like, what do you mean, none And he goes, none your business. So this little kid's like telling me off, right? And then this little girl, I said, uh, she goes, uh, you're part of the FBI, right? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, you know what that stands for, right? And she's like five, right? And I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? She goes, FBI, forever bugging Italians. <laughs> I just thought it was like, so funny, right? So it was pretty good. But um, and, and I had to arrest and interview Tom. And it's funny because so I've been on the set a couple of days. I'd never met Tom yet. I knew he was coming, but I never mm -hmm. met him. And the day that he got there, he was feeling a little bit under the weather. And he, he, you know, was looking at the script and he's like, you know, I'm just, I'm having a hard time with this. He goes, do you mind if we just ditch the script and we'll improv this? And I'm thinking, what? wow, that's a pretty heavy thing. Like we got pages and pages of dialogue here, but right. it's Tom Sizemore. So I said, yeah, I'll, I'll work with you. You do, you know, you and I, we can do this together. Let's do it. So literally I hadn't even met him. 10 minutes later, we're in front of the camera doing an improv of me busting him. And wow. uh, it went on and did really, really well. And then the cool thing that was really kind of neat is afterwards, after we had kind of finished with a couple of the scenes, you know, he went, he and I went out on the balcony of where we were shooting and just kind of sat by ourselves, he and I together, and we're talking about movies. And it was really interesting that he, he said, you know, I, thank you so much for being willing to improv with me and you carried it well and all these things. And then of course we exchanged contact info and we became buddies and we chatted several times since. And I guess kind of in conclusion to the, to the story is uh, I had invited him to be out on a movie that I was going to be working with that um, would shoot in Las Vegas later on, probably 2020, well, probably 2024. So we okay. were a little ways out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so we, we talked about it and then we were texting back and forth in it about it. And um, the last text that I ever got from Tom, in fact, I don't want to necessarily read it, but the gist of it was I'm totally in. This is awesome. I'm, I'm down with it. Let's do this for sure. I'm looking forward to seeing you. This is going to be a great time. And I, I said, I'm so excited to have you. This will be fun. It'll be great. And then he wrote back in cap letters. Uh, it's going to be great as well. Yeah. And it was the last message. And then the very last message I sent his way was after he had his brain aneurysm that he's in our prayers and our thoughts. And yeah. um, I don't know if that ever got yeah. read, but it never, he had never got a reply. And then a couple days later, after that, I found out that he passed. Yeah. So, kind of tough. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the pictures and the memories that I have with, you know, I have friends that recorded video as well while we we're doing this improv stuff. And so I've got that still too. And maybe right. when I'll release it, I know on my IMDb page, I put some of that there before his passing. Uh, so it's there. Right. It's not the actual footage from the film. It's from my phone. And then I've got all these pictures from me and him together that day and, uh, and some of the other times. And it was great. He was a great guy. Yeah. Right? So yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, it's it's tough when you lose somebody. Another one that I lost that was a close friend of mine was um, Richard Keel. You remember as from Jaws in the James Bond movies? Right, big tall guy. Yeah, seven and a half feet tall. No kidding. I got a picture of me standing next to him as he was sitting down, and he was still taller than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. He was he was a giant, but yeah. he was the kindest guy ever. And he and I. Um, like I, I shot him for a couple films I was doing and we just became buddies. We co-wrote a book together. Um, but I'll never mm-hmm. forget some of the things about him. So I've got a son and my son wanted to be an actor as well. He's kind of changed his mind now. He's thinking he wants to be a real estate agent, but whatever. Okay. Um, but I'll never forget that I was chatting with, with Richard on the phone and my son came in and I said, Richard, I go, yeah, my son wants to be an actor. And no kidding. Richard says, put him on. And I'm like, what? Because yeah, put him on the phone. And no kidding, Richard talked to him for like three hours about all the movies that he'd done and how to do it and go about doing it. And wow. recognize this, they just remember him as Jaws mostly. But back in the day, you remember the original Black and White Twilight Zone, that episode To Serve Man with the alien? That was oh, yeah. right. right. He was on Gilligan's Island, he was on Gunsmoke, he was on I Dream of Genie, he was on the uh the monkeys, he was on uh, Force 10 from Navarone with Harrison Ford and he was on uh, uh, Cannibal Run with uh, the second yeah. one and the two of them were in the car together he was in the longest yeah. car with Burt Reynolds the original yeah. he's done some incredible movies throughout the years yeah uh, Richard was just he got in fact for those who just saw uh, Austin Butler and Elvis you know Richard was in Rust about the original Elvis movie and he was the strong man in it so I mean oh, yeah. so many people and he just had some fascinating stories to tell about you know the history of hollywood and man i I could just sit for hours and and just listen to richard and he was always so funny he was so good at making you laugh and just his james bond stories too were incredible like you know and he was still really good buddies with roger moore and you know i had a chance to meet roger through through richard and what an incredibly interesting man though right yeah wow very very cool that's awesome yeah that's awesome yeah. Any, any, you got one more for me? I mean, I can listen oh, to you. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, one of my, one of my favorites too, the Star Trek fans will love this. I, I never got to work with her, but I spent a lot of time with her. So I go to the fan expos and we sign the autographs at the tables and do the selfies with people in these. And by the way, I love doing that. So if I'm ever at an event, come and meet me. I'd love to meet whoever. And I just love talking yeah. about movies. So we'll have some fun. So yeah. uh, I, I got a chance to meet Nichelle Nichols and you know, I was at the fan expo and I was there signing autographs, but she was in a wheelchair by that time. She's a little bit older. And so I helped push her wheelchair around for, um, you know, a bunch of different events. And uh, so I got, I was sitting with her at the table and I got to know her and I got to spend the whole weekend with her. And then at a couple other events, they sometimes pair the celebrities together and she saw me and she remembered me. And so she said, I want my Douglas, which is me. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I spent time with her. In fact, I wish I had this picture handy. I've got it, but it would take me a minute to find it. Um, as we're there kind of hanging out, doing autographs and stuff, they'd sometimes whisk us away and do pictures. So I pushed her wheelchair to do the pictures. And after she had done all these pictures with the fan, she says, I want one for sure with you. And as I went to go into the picture, I smiled like this, but she grabbed my face and she kissed me. And then uh, she reminded me that she did the first ever interracial kiss on television. She was the first one ever. And that was to to Bill Shatner, right? To Captain Kirk. Right. And so she gave me that kiss and all this kind of stuff. And then, no kidding. And then I gave her a proper one. And she said, 
just jokingly, of course, she goes, you're a better kisser than Bill. And I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but she was 87 at the time. So it was, it was just kind of fun. It was like a grandmotherly type. Relationship. Yeah. And yeah. she was so funny. She had always the greatest stories to tell and the neatest th things. In fact, one of the most inspiring things, and, and I'm not sure if your listeners have maybe heard this before, because this story has been told before, but it was interesting having her tell me when she was on Star Trek, this was in the 1960s, of course, and the civil rights movement was going on in the United States. And so mm -hmm. a lot of racial tension that was there and a lot of conflict. Mm -hmm. And I won't mention any names, but there were some people on the Star Trek show that felt like she shouldn't be the communications officer. That as a black woman, she should be the maid of the ship, maybe, or some kind oh. of slave on the ship or whatever. And, and they were just wow. being very prejudiced. Now, again, I won't mention any names. So anyways, a lot of nights she went home in tears saying, I can't take this. I'm going to quit this show. This is just too much. It's crazy. Yeah. And she's told some of her friends and family that, yeah, this is really hard gig and I'm going to quit. Well, anyways, this got back to a couple of people, and uh, one day she was at home, and the telephone rang, and she says, I picked up the phone, and this voice on the other end said, Nichelle, you can't quit, and she said, well, who the heck is this? I don't even know who this is. What are you telling me not to quit? And again, the voice said, Nichelle, you can't quit, so she's really frustrated. She's like, who is this? <laughs> and the voice on the other end said, it's Martin Luther King Jr. You cannot quit. Wow. To her that she would be an inspiration to not only black women everywhere but all women everywhere and that she would literally be remembered through the history of the world for sticking it out and showing that she belonged and she would stand up for her rights to belong and man every time i, I heard that story from her man not only would the hair on the back of my neck stand up but sometimes yeah. I just, inside i was like yes this yeah. is powerful stuff and yeah, I'm getting goosebumps this year, man. That's a great story. And then, you know, I also had her tell me once, um, I don't know if you knew this either, but she was instrumental in bringing women into the space program for NASA. <laughs> really? Because of her that that happened. And, um, you know, so, so she was a champion for all these things. And she was also involved in the group that helped get that school teacher onto the Challenger. And she always said that that was a, a, a hard thing for her because that mission. Yeah, office, right. Right? yeah. She was just such an incredible woman. So I feel so blessed. Yeah. I've met so many really, really incredible uh, celebrities and people. In fact, one of my really good friends um, is Sean Kennan, who you guys probably know from Karate Kid 3. He's on uh, Cobra Kai season five and now soon to be six. And he's on a variety of soap operas and stuff. I can just yeah. tell you something that really touched me that, that Sean did. And I've got it here. In fact, I, I don't want to share it because it's meant for somebody else, but I'll tell you what it says. So I speak on cruise ships when I'm not doing movies. And, um, you know, I talk about the personal development films I made and I talk about what's coming up for movies. And, you know, so it, it, it's a good, fun gig for me. Mm -hmm. anyways, I was on a, a cruise ship not too long ago and I saw this boy with a Cobra Kai shirt on and I came over and I said oh you like that show and as I talked to him I realized he was special needs mm -hmm. so, you know he, he was just a sweet kid super nice kid named Brandon and mm -hmm. so I asked him who's your favorite character on this and you know what he said to me in in the best that he way he could he says I certainly hope they bring Mike Barnes back and I hope they make him fight Johnny Lawrence. And then I hope they make, you know, and all these things. He goes, Mike Barnes was one of my favorite. He was truly tough. And remember, he was the bad boy of karate. Remember, his catchphrase was, your karate's a joke, LaRusso, and all that stuff. Remember? <laughs> yeah. And so that's my friend. 
So I quickly messaged Sean and I said, Sean, there's a special needs boy on this boat and you're his favorite character. Could you quickly send a shout out? And no kidding, to Sean's credit, he sent a nice little video back saying, hey, Brandon, I hear you're on the cruise with Doug. Wow, my goodness. Thank you so much for the show and all these things. And then the thing that I love that was super special about that video, he said, oh yeah, hey, Brandon, and one more thing for you, your karate's a joke. Like what does he say, right? So again, I mean, Sean is just such a superhero too. And I'm so blessed to have such great friends that, I mean, here's the deal. People recognize us as celebrities on the show. And sometimes, you know, the the characters that we do, whether you like us or you don't like us or you love us or you don't, I mean, we're trying our best and we're doing a job. But the reality is we really do care and hope that you guys like the work that we do. And we certainly feel appreciated when we can do really cool things back for you guys, right? Like I just put on that site Cameo where you can dial in and you can get a celebrity to do your greetings and a message. I feel so honored that people actually want me to do something for them. Like whether it's saying happy birthday or, or, you know, congratulations for graduation or something. But the thing is that, you know, we really enjoy that you enjoy. That's what I'm saying, right? If we've, yeah. if we've brought something special to your life, whether we've been the most sinister bad guy or whether we've, you know, saved the day and you've been so excited about that, like that feels good to know that we help everybody to feel better, especially in these times of the pandemic where, no kidding, we're all in the same boat, right? We're all struggling with stuff. We all have things that we need to get through. And so I just right. feel honored that sometimes we, you know, we can be, I don't know, a little bit a part of somebody's day, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, so cool. So how Brandon must have been so. Oh, he's got it on his website. He runs a little channel on, uh, he's got it on Facebook and I think on YouTube, right? Okay. I'm sure he's tagged Sean in it. So if you type in Sean Cannon and Brandon, maybe it'll come up. I haven't tried, but I've got the video on my phone still. Cause that's where Sean, <laughs> that's you know, cool. Sean this weekend, by the way, that award ceremony, but um, he's a, he's a cool dude guys. Like seriously, great friend of mine. And, and he does expos all over, and he also does stand-up comedy, too. So if you get a chance, go see him. And by the way, he just also put out a book called Way of the Cobra and a second one called, I think it's called Welcome to the Kumite. I helped him with the first book. But great advice, great stuff. So if you get a chance, I mean, even just go over to Instagram, and you can find Sean Cannon, and you can order the book. I'm just plugging yeah. my just Yeah. <laughs> go, go get Sean's book. <laughs> You'll love it. That's yeah, awesome. Very inspirational. Yeah. Very cool. And you know, that, that, that story about Martin Luther King and, and the show, man, that, yeah, that is, wow. I mean, I, I, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but I was born in 71. So I just watched the reruns, obviously. But I remember, I remember as a kid saying, wow, look at this black woman yep. on this cool ship. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, running things. She wasn't, like you said, a maid, or she was like part of the crew. Absolutely. And that was a big deal. And so so to know all that backstory and that she was struggling and didn't quit, I mean, it's amazing. By the way, as we're talking, I just went on to my Instagram and that picture of her kissing me is on my Instagram. So if you guys do want to see that, it's just Douglas Vermeeren, all one word. And uh, there's a couple fake ones out there. So one of them's got, I've got blonde hair in it. That's the one that's me. 
but you'll see that picture in there as well as some of the other stuff we've talked about today. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's a good way to end it. Douglas, man, I could talk to you for hours. Well, we'll come back. I, I had fun with please, this. Please come back. Please come back after you win that award. Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope, Fingers right? Cross. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure, Douglas, and uh, I wish you all the success that you already have and more. You know, I, 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 this has truly been an honor to talk to you today. Thank you. you. You've been very kind. And and again, I appreciate all that you're doing to, to help uh, get the word out there on some of the films we're doing. This is great. For sure. For sure. Definitely will. Definitely will. All right. Well, we'll wind it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Douglas Vermeeren, the incredible actor and very nice person. Thanks again for joining me, man. Thank you. All right. And I like to always like to end every episode, All the World's a Stage. Hello, Annika here again. I'd like to tell you about some voiceover coaching classes with Sam. It's a lot of fun. We play lots of games and activities all based around vocal techniques. We meet once a week, but Sam could work around your schedule. We practice and record with his studio microphone. So one day, you can be a famous voiceover star. For more information, visit samber.productions, that's S-A-M-B-E-R, dot productions, or contact Sam Prince at 616-308-0067. You don't have to be a kid like me either. His coaching sessions are for all ages. Looking forward to hearing your voice soon. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Creativatorium Podcast. Again, my name is Sam Prince, and it is my honor to be your host, and thank you so much for listening. I would also be honored if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and say some nice things about what you just heard. And definitely please listen every week. We come out every Tuesday. Also, for more information about coaching classes, workshops, and upcoming productions, please check out our website, samber.productions. That's S-A-M-B-E-R dot productions. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And remember, all the world's a stage.